Today's epistle is Colossians. St. Paul writes, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, and patience, forbearing one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And over all these things, put on love, or charity, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Charity, that uh, theological virtue infused at baptism. To have charity, you have to be in a state of sanctifying grace to have true charity, supernatural charity. So you could paraphrase it. Put over all, over all these things, put on sanctifying grace, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Read that again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Sacred scripture, sacred traditions got to dwell in you richly. That means open your Bible, open your catechism, consume that stuff, meditate on that stuff. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God the Father through him. Gospel today is from Matthew 13, the parable of the weeds among the wheat. Another parable Jesus put before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. Come back to that verse. An enemy has done this. The servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them up? But he said, No, lest gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, Gather the weeds first. Bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat, saints, into my barn. An enemy has done this. Why, why, why are faithless hirelings in charge of the human elements of the church, the human governance of the church? Why? There's the answer. An enemy has done this. We as laymen don't have the authority to go fire them. Oh, I wish we did, but we don't. We have to do what the gospel says. We have to grow together until the end of the harvest. Baltimore Catechism today takes us to extreme unction. 
What is the sacrament of extreme unction or anointing of the sick? It says extreme unction is the sacrament through which the anointing and prayer of the priest gives health and strength to the soul and sometimes to the body when we are in danger of death from sickness. When should we receive extreme unction? We should receive extreme unction when we are in danger of death from sickness or from a wound or accident. Yeah, remember that answer because a lot of parishes, they'll just hand out extreme, the sacrament of extreme unction, like candy or something. You know, they come on up like you come up for Holy Communion and we'll just pass it out to anybody who wants it. That you're only supposed to receive that sacrament when you're in danger of death from sickness or from a wound or an accident. The modernists do weird things. Don't be weird like a modernist. Follow what the church teaches through her catechisms. Should we wait until we are in extreme danger before we receive extreme unction? We should not wait until we are in extreme danger before we receive extreme unction, but if possible, we should receive it while we have the use of our senses. In other words, don't wait to call the priest until the person's passed into a coma and is, you know, six hours from death. Call them early on. And what are the effects of the sacrament of, of, of extreme unction? It gives three, three effects of the sacrament. One, to comfort us in the pains of sickness and strengthen us against temptation. Two, to remit venial sins and to cleanse our soul from the remains of sin. We'll go over that one in a minute. To restore us to health. And three, to restore us to health whenever God sees fit. Okay, remains of sin. What is this? Remains of sin. By remains of sin is meant the inclination to evil and the weakness of the will, which are the results of our sins and which remain after our sins have been forgiven. Okay, if you're in danger of death, the devil's going to be working overtime to get you into mortal sin. So this sacrament is going to cleanse, cleanse us, cleanse us from the weakness of the will. The remains of sin. It's going to give us the graces we need to die a holy death in a state of grace. How should we receive the sacrament of extreme unction? Very important here. In the state of sanctifying grace. Extreme unction, or anointing the sick, whatever you want to call it, it does not put you in the state of grace. Confession does. That's why you want to call the priest before the guy's in a coma. Who is the minister of the sacrament of extreme unction? A priest. Latin word for the day is sed libera nosa malo, seventh petition of the Our Father. But deliver us from evil. St. Pius X, he says about this petition, But deliver us from evil, we ask God to free us from evils, past, present, and future. And particularly from the greatest of all evils, which is sin, and from eternal damnation, which is its penalty. Sed libera nosa malo. Deliver us from evil.